Hi, this is Ryan. This is Caleb. And this is Isaac, and we are the King's Advocate Podcast. And this week, we're going to be talking about anxiety, uh, specifically the anxiety found in Matthew chapter 6. Before we get into that, a little disclaimer like we always do. We are just three friends and brothers in Christ who want to spend more time diving into the Word of God and having more scriptural conversations with each other. And hopefully, uh, through our conversations, you guys, as listeners, can have these conversations among your own friends. Uh, We don't claim to be scholars on anything by any means, but uh, we want to increase our knowledge, increase our faith, and increase our uh, relationship with each other as friends and as brothers. With that out of the way, let's go ahead and get into Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to be reading verses 25 through 34. So uh, if someone has that pulled up. Yeah, I can get there. Matthew, uh, Matthew 6, 25 through 34? Yes. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for, and why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, o, you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Alright, so in this passage is uh, part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, as it's normally called. Uh, it's, it spans from Matthew chapter 5 through, uh, I believe it's chapter 7. Uh, and within <clears throat> this sermon, he dives into anxiety a little bit. And it's, I've been notified that there are many different types of anxiety nowadays but within the context of this passage this type of anxiety is worrying about the future or about how to lengthen our lives and uh, I have to be honest here for a minute Uh, this is something that I struggle with quite a bit Uh, just in my daily life uh, being anxious about the future for uh, where I'm gonna work where I'm gonna live that stuff you know it, it stresses me out a little bit because I worry about it. I think about it probably way too much uh, than I should. Well, I think it's, uh, I think it's, God doesn't want us to, to, to worry about it, but also I think you can find yourself in the wrong if all you're doing is thinking about getting there. Right. You know, if you're, if you're just so ready for it and you're, you're not happy with like your present situation, then the only thing you want is to be in the future. It's, it's, I believe it's a form of covetousness to see the things that you wish you had and to vex yourselves over them to the point where sometimes even you get depressed because you just can't get those things because you're just thinking about them constantly. I, I, believe, I really believe that it is a form of covetousness, which is clearly a sin in God's eyes. Also, being impatient is like a really important thing on that because... We, as humans, are very, uh, we like very much to make progress and to gain mm-hmm. and uh, have a sense of progression. And when that, when you're not <laughs> seeing that actively happen, it, it makes you anxious, you know. 
Yeah. Well, it, it's also another thing is, you know, God teaches us to be content mm-hmm. where we are with what we have. Whatsoever state I am in. So with that on our minds, uh, we're going to be talking about this passage in particular, kind of diving into it, breaking it down. Um, first of all, we can read verse 25 again. Uh, it says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life or what you eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. So in this verse, he's telling the people there, look, don't worry about those things. Don't, don't vex <clears throat> yourselves worrying about those things because life is so much more than food, clothing, and shelter. And really, how true is that? To, that that the life that we live here is so much more than the house we live in, or the clothes that we wear, or even what we eat. But it, it, that's all material things. It's all temporary. But especially in America nowadays, that kind of thing is the measure of somebody's life. You know, mm. their net worth, if you will. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, clothes, food, and where you live are like the least. The, the least things that we worry about. Like, we take those things for granted. Like, if you don't have yeah. one of those things, you're really bad off. Yeah. We're like a step further down even than that, you know? Yeah. So, a couple verses to keep in mind if we ever start worrying about those things. Uh, let's look at Matthew 13, verse 22. Now, he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. When we worry too much about the things of this world, when we think about those things to a point that it cripples us even, that kind of thing chokes the word of God out of us. And, you know, we could be extremely devoted Christians, and then this one thing gets in our minds, and we worry about that thing so much to where we don't even think about Christ anymore. We don't even think about God anymore because we have no room left for that kind of thought. Uh, well, I think even a big, a big thing today is people, people will take you know, the passion, whatever passion they have in life, whether it's entertainment or comedy or uh, building wealth or finding somebody that they want to marry or, or, or be in love with, you know, like people will take this thing and they will spend a huge amount of their time and their effort on it. And then they give God this tiny little bit of percentage at the back of their mind. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's kind of, that, that that's just as bad as us giving huge blocks of our attention and our focus and our energy on on material things i mean and we've all been there not that three of us are perfect i mean you guys have been there at least at some point right yeah i mean it's it's really tough for me because i not in particular more than anybody else but i I do struggle with it for sure maybe not in worrying about the future necessarily i i I try to plan for the future and i I think about it whenever whenever i'm at work because i'm I'm pretty bored when I'm at work a lot of the times. <laughs> and so I just think about, you know, what am I going to do in the future? But really what, what, what I struggle with is I I love entertainment, all the various forms of entertainment. I love to play video games. I love to watch college football. I love to play sports. Like, there is a million things in this life that just all call for my attention and, and that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Actually, what's kind of helped me with that a little bit and I'm learning about, I feel like I'm in, a, in the process of learning this, is, is college, because, and, be, and being married, because college uh, has, like, forced me to make sure that I spend enough time doing college work and homework that I don't get bad grades, because if I get bad grades, then, uh, well, then the Air Force wants part of the tuition that they paid for back, and <laughs> I don't want to really give them any more money. 
So, you know, that, that's, that's one driving factor. Also, I want to do well in college so that I can support my family and uh, I, can, I can have the kind of life that me and my wife both want to have. I want, I want my wife to be able to stay home full time like she wants and And that's something that I've been driving towards and it has kind of taught me to take a step back from, from entertaining myself all the time, which, mm. you know, I, I, I have found to be very useful because now I have the choice of, okay, I have to do homework. So I now have the choice of do I want to spend time with my wife and spending time, you know, talking to her, learning about her day, making sure our connections stay strong, or do I want to play video games or do I want to go out and play football, you know? Another thing important to think about on that topic is that um, not just taking a step back, but starting with or just trying at least to reduce, uh, if not all cut cold turkey, but trying to reduce it, because if you look at that verse that we just read, in verse 22, where it says, uh, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, that word choke meaning to press round or throng one so as almost to suffocate him uh, or drown. So basically it's it's filling up so much stuff that there's you're just losing the air, completely removing that life force by surrounding it with other things. Like you would choke a fire by covering it with something and removing the access to air when you have so many of these different things all at once pressing on you and eating up more and more and more of your time and not just one little thing or two little things or three little things but you've got all this stuff that's suffocating you and suffocating your christianity it's a it's very easy to get lost in that kind of thing especially if you're dwelling on it which is really the problem i have is not just thinking about it and then going on with my day is that i dwell on it to a point that it becomes the only thing I think about uh, throughout a day. Uh, whatever it may be, food, clothing, shelter, you know, things of the future, whatever it is. And the problem with it is that I don't do anything about it while I'm thinking about it because I'm too lost in my own thoughts about that thing that I'm too stuck to get up and do something about it. Like, for example... Uh, a couple months ago, I lost my job. I have a new one now, so it's all good. But when I lost my job, I was worrying about how I'm going to get money, how I'm going to be able to pay for things, how, where I'm going to work now. And instead of being online or out looking for a job, I would sit and I would you know, worry about how I'm going to pay for things, how I'm going to uh, be able to live. If I don't have a job, which really leads into the next point in uh, Matthew ch chapter 6 and verse 26. Uh, I think it's 26 through 30. Okay. Basically, what he's saying is, you know, all these different animals and plants, they all are taken care of by God. In verse 27, he says, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So what he's saying, he's not saying, you know, how many of you can by worrying make yourself taller. He's saying how many of you can add a little bit to the length of your own life by worrying or vexing yourselves over it. Because really when you're doing that, like the example that I was doing, if you're not doing, if you're running out of food and you're sitting there worrying about it and vexing yourselves over it instead of actually going to get food, that doesn't prolong your life. That doesn't get you that food. So let me ask you a question then. Like what, I, I don't necessarily, I haven't always really struggled with anxiety necessarily but I think I think you can take some of the same principles of struggling with, with anxiety and also constantly thinking about you know ways to entertain yourself or 
the latest gossip or, well, which you shouldn't gossip anyway, but like, I think you can take the same principles of cutting, cutting off anxiety and cutting off things, t- cutting off distracting thoughts that don't bring you close to God. Like, what are some methods that you found to help you with that? Well, uh, within this passage, at least, Jesus gives us a few examples of how uh, to deal with anxiety. Uh, for example, in verse 30, he said, Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So what he's saying is, God, he was talking about orchids and how they're so pretty, they're, they're even more clothed, they're clothed more vibrantly than Solomon ever was. You know, the most, the richest man who ever lived, who had anything he could ever want, had beautiful clothing, yet these flowers are much greater than anything Solomon has ever worn. And yet they don't work for it, they don't spend for it. So why would you not think that God would help you in the same way? So instead of sitting and worrying about those things, instead say, you know what, God's got this. Uh, And God has control over everything so if god wants me to have something i'll have that thing not 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 saying that god's going to reach down and just hand it to you uh he was talking about how uh birds uh, in verse 26 he was talking about looking at birds of the airs they don't sow they don't reap they don't gather yet your heavenly father feeds them and he doesn't just you know god's not giving them bird seed like an old man at a park feeding pigeons. <laughs> but he is feeding them. He's given them opportunity. He's given them tools. And he's given them uh, ways to get that food uh, throughout even the design of their bodies. You know, you know what I just thought of? Whenever God was feeding the children of Israel, like when they were in Exodus from <laughs> Egypt, and he was just giving them the seeds. seeds. <laughs> Here you go. Just feeding pigeons at the park. <laughs> We're, I mean, if you think about it, we're just about as smart as pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> but God doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, anyways. Um, but So God doesn't just hand us stuff anymore. He, d- he did that with the Israelites a little bit, but he doesn't do that anymore. But he does give us opportunities. He does give us ways to get what we need. He gives us uh, jobs. He gives us uh, ways to find food, ways to get clothing, even if it's just the church. You know, God or uh, one of the apostles talks about how if your brother is destitute and need of food, that we should give it to them. Yeah. So that's something that we as Christians can rely on. I think also an important thing to remember is that God allowed a lot of bad things to happen to His people. Like He has done that in the past, and He probably He's going to allow it in the future too. I mean, God's not always going to just make sure that we are physically taken care of. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes we're, we may have to suffer through a lot of bad things. Sometimes, I mean, our brothers and sisters in the past and right now in the future, or, or right now in the present, they sometimes suffer through persecution that leads to them dying. And I think a really powerful tool that God has given us for being okay with the situation that we're in is he has given us the ability to look past this life. He's given us hope for the future. You know, we have hope in in Christ that our our life is you know even if our life ends in terrible painful death which you know hopefully it doesn't end in painful death for for us but even even if it did we would still have eternity to be with God and to 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 live in heaven and and to to serve him with joy for for all of eternity you know so i think 
I think that's that's one thing that has lessened my worry at times about you know current events. It's like, well, you know, what's going to happen with our country? What's going to happen with our leaders? What's going to happen with these other countries? Are we going to go to war? You know, something that kind of calmed me in those moments was thinking about the fact that my brothers and sisters have gone through that at times, and God didn't abandon them. Brothers and sisters from the New Testament went through that with the Roman Empire, and God did not abandon them. And they're they're with Him now. You know, they're they're in paradise, or or they're with Him now. However, you, however you want to think about that. You know, when we die, if, if we're if we're loyal to God's service, you know, it's going to turn out okay in the long run. Well, Philippians one verse twenty one says, "For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor." Yet what shall what I shall choose I cannot tell, for I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. So what he's saying there is, if, if I die, it'll be so much better for me. <laughs> <laughs> but because I'm still here, I'm going to continue to work. But when I die, oh man, it's going to be so good. <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, Paul is even saying there, he's like, I would rather die and be with God. Like, I would rather die and be with God, but I know that you guys need me. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he talks about that to Timothy as well whenever he, he writes a letter to him. He says, you know, I've, I've finished the race. I know that there's a crown laid up for me, a crown of righteousness laid up for me. So, I mean, that that's something that I, I feel is very comforting for us as Christians. Um, you know, we, we just have to look at Jesus and say, you know, Jesus suffered a terrible death. He was in the grave. For three days and he walked out alive and ascended up into heaven and if my master and my lord can do that then i i can do that when paul was talking about how he was able to be content even though all the things around him seemed bad or maybe they even seemed good at times in philippians 4 he's telling him i know how to be a base i know how to abound i know how to be hungry i know how to suffer need in verse 13 he says i can do all these things through christ who strengthens me it didn't matter whether or not he was hungry or not. It didn't matter whether or not he had somewhere to sleep or not because Christ was with him. And that's all that he cared about. So in the same way, we shouldn't worry about the future, what we'll eat, what we'll, what, where we'll sleep, because Christ is with us. And if Christ is with us, who can be against us? Yeah. You know, There's nothing that anything or anyone can do to us in this world that won't be worth it in the end. Yeah, I think something that I, like, I really, something that does make me anxious, I, I do suffer from anxiety every once in a while, and it's mainly, like, uh, political events or current events that, that really kind of can get to me, and and a lot of the times, you know, I think a lot of that stuff is, it's almost, like, designed to really rile you up and get you uncomfortable and in an un, unfamiliar, unhappy state of mind, and I think a lot of the times it would be just better for me if and better for our world if we just step back and, and, and focused on Jesus more. And which is uh, another part of Matthew chapter 6, that uh, that end part. And he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. No matter what we're going through in this life, a great way to combat anxiety is to just put God first. And if we put God first and we put the working of his kingdom first, all those other things, they'll come to us. They'll come and go, yeah. They may not come in the abundance that we wish they would. But what we need, we'll receive. He says in uh, Matthew 6 that God knows your needs, that 
All these things the worldly people seek, but your heavenly Father knows what you need. You know, uh, and you know it's like a mechanic who's working on an engine. He knows what that engine needs in order to work, right, Ryan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> but God built a human. He built humanity. He built the human body. He knows what it needs. And if we focus on Him and we work for Him, those things will come to us. And those opportunities for jobs, to get money, to get food, to get a place to stay, all those things will be added to us. Again, He's not going to just hand it to us, but all those things can come to us if we focus on God first and put His kingdom first in our lives. I think a, another thing that's you know, very helpful is a, a good prayer life. If we have yeah, God, God's given us a really great blessing to be able to go and talk to, I mean, talk to him. And that, that's a great blessing that we don't really think about sometimes. You know, we have the ability to go talk to the creator of the universe if we just, if we'll pray to him. Philippians 4 and verse 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Yeah, and that is something that, it's easy to neglect, but really what we're neglecting, we're neglecting ourselves and our own peace of mind if we if we don't have a good prayer life. Right. The, the I believe this verse is saying yeah. that if you're anxious, pray about it. If you need something, pray about it. And if you really need it, God will give it to you. If you don't really need it, God's will has been done either way. It's First Peter 5, 7 that says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. So yeah, God cares about us. He cares about his people. And... All we have to do is ask. If we really need it, he'll give it to us. If we don't, then we might not receive it. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. If we really, really, really need it, God will give it to us. Well, either way, I mean, either way, it, whether or not we get it or, or not, talking to God about it is a is a huge stress reliever. At least, at least for me. Yeah. I mean, if I if I don't pray about something, then I am, invariably am going to be more stressed about it. But if I can pray about it and just talk to God about it and, and tell Him what I need and what I'm, what I'm going through, it's it's very very beneficial for my state of mind. Especially because you know that it's in God's hands. Yeah. You know, like uh, our friend was just recently in a car accident, and people have been praying for him all over the Brotherhood, and it's a comfort for the family to know that it's in God's hands and all these people are praying for him. Just to know God's got this. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I think there's something to be said for, though we know God, everything is in God's hands. Yes, we know that. But to physically go, or not physically, but to actually go before him and tell him, and then, you know, it's like you know that it's in God's hands, then it's, I don't know, there, there's something to be said for between, like, intellectually knowing it and also going and, and, and praying about it and physically putting it before him. Physically. I think there's also something on the other end of that that <clears throat> when you're praying for something and it doesn't happen uh, or something's happened to you and you don't understand why you can't blame God for that. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust and uh, sometimes things just happen. I mean, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's not just all sunshine and rainbows. I mean, you could think about the story of Joseph, too, that all these horrible things happened to him. He was sold into slavery. He was wrongly accused of a crime he didn't commit. 
thrown in prison and left there for years a long time and he never did anything wrong as far as we know yet god used that for good you know he may not have deserved all of that but what happened happened and god used it to bring good things yeah. out of it yeah sometimes the answer is not right now like you know when he was in there he was praying to not be in there yeah like he had to have been sometimes the answer is not right now you know it's not always yes or no but like you know your grandpa once said was there was something he prayed for for years and years and years on end and for years it didn't happen but he kept praying for it and after so many years it finally did happen it's not like he just gave up on it and it's not like mm-hmm. prayer was answered immediately yes or no but sometimes it takes patience and trust yeah <clears throat> but yeah i think prayer is a very very good way to combat anxiety i mean that's what that verse in philippians said that if you're anxious just pray about it because i mean it's in god's hands i mean it's, everything is in god's hands so and when we actively say god it's in your hands that takes the stress off of ourselves to think i've got to fix this or i've got to do this and we're saying god it's on you you know uh, you you can handle this better than i can Jesus, not, take the wheel. not that you don't actually have to go out and and, and do things you know yeah. god, right. like, yeah. like you've been saying god's not just going to do everything for you but to put some to put a problem before god and and be able to talk to him about it does it does a lot of the pressure feels like it's off of you. Yeah. And another thing that I think is really important is uh, the example of Jesus whenever he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. So he's about to be crucified. He knows what's about to he knows what's about to happen, and he first he prays, and then as he prays, an angel appears unto him and, and strengthens him, and comforts him. And I think it's kind of telling that Jesus allowed something he created, an angel. He created this angel, and he allowed it to comfort him. So he relied on this angel to comfort him, to give him strength, what he needed in that moment. And I think we need to do the same in allowing our brothers and sisters in Christ to step up and comfort us when we need it and be there for us when we need it. Like... We're not so good that we can't accept help from people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need help from people. Sometimes, you know, you just need to pray to God. Sometimes you need to pray to God and you need help from people. There's nothing wrong with going to your brothers or sisters and saying, I'm struggling and I need prayers or I need your help with this or I need your advice with this. That's that's what God put the brotherhood there for. We're a body. And if, if you know, your hand is hurting... The rest of your body just doesn't just continue to, your arm doesn't just continue to use your hand just like normal. You protect your hand, you that injured hand until it heals. You you know, you shield it from danger. You you take extra you do extra thing the rest of your body does extra things to make up for that and to help that hand heal, you know? Yeah. It's helped me more than one time, for sure. It's a great thing that God has given us in the church to be able to be with like-minded people and to know that we're not alone. I mean, yes, we have Christ, and yes, we have God, but also we have uh, everyone else. Just to recap on everything, anxiety is not a way for you to gain anything in your life, really. In fact, it is a way to keep from gaining anything in your life. But the way to gain is through 
Christ, is putting the kingdom of God first, is praying about it, and knowing that everything is in God's hands. And if you do that, you will combat anxiety. So to wrap up this episode, we're going to go ahead and give some challenges for you guys. Uh, number one, pray more often. A uh, good way to combat anxiety is through prayer. So in order for you to uh, combat anxiety better, let's start praying more often. Uh, set an alarm on your phone to pray for something, for someone, for something that's going on in your life. Another thing that we want to challenge you to do is not only ask for help when you need it, but look for other people who need your help in the kingdom because that's that's another really good way to help you stop, stop being anxious or stop worrying about something is putting somebody else's needs uh, to the forefront and, and helping them with what they need. All right, well, that wraps up this episode of the podcast. Uh, this is Isaac. I'm Ryan. And I'm Caleb, and we are the King's Advocate Podcast signing off.